Here's Reinman in the Morning, on demand from 1021 and 105.3 The Shark. Classic hits for the Seacoast, 1021, 105.3 The Shark. It's Reinman in the Morning, and this guest is a music legend who brings his act and his music and everything that's wonderful about it to the Music Hall in downtown Portsmouth this Sunday evening. Would you welcome to Reinman in the Morning the one and only Herb Alpert. Mr. Alpert, it's an honor. How are you doing, sir? Uh, thanks, John. Nice to be with you. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Can't wait. Uh, the first thing well, I can wait. I'll tell you, I can't. I really can wait. My my life is going so fast. I can't believe it. All of a sudden, it's like I'm having a birthday every three months or something. <laughs> that's so awesome. What, what what do you attribute that to? Why do you think that is? Uh, I think as you get older, that's what happens. I couldn't wait to be 21, but I can certainly wait now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll put off my birthday for the time being. Um, well, the first thing I have to mention is that you and Taylor Swift have something in common. You're the only two artists who've had four albums on the Billboard Top Ten list at the same time. First of all, what did it feel like in 1966 to look at that list and see your name on, like, half of it? You know, at that at that time in my life, I, I really wasn't thinking about that. It was just... Uh... It happened. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't really conscious of it. I was only conscious of it when people told me, "Isn't that an amazing feat?" Yeah. And then I saw the the charts at some period, and I said, "Well, that's that's pretty amazing." Because you know what happened was, I had that Lonely Bull record in 1962. It was a big record, and then there was a kind of a lull in um, you know people wanting to hear the music, and then. All of a sudden, I, there was a big comeback, you know, with the Whipped Cream and Other Delights album. And when that album hit, especially uh, Taste of Honey, it kind of put all those other albums, you know, in, in the limelight again. And then there, four albums showed up in the... T- Actually, there were five. Uh, that was, If you count the top 20, there was one at uh, 19 or 20, I'm not sure. But no, it was pretty amazing. And I got calls lately from people all over publications all over the world, you know, saying, how do you feel about Taylor Swift breaking your record? And I, I told, I told Taylor, I, I feel great about it. I think she's a, a wonderful artist. She deserves it. She's smart. She's uh, very gracious and sensitive and uh, I'm all for it. No, no, there's one out. There's one record. They cannot, it's going to be tough to break because I'm the only artist has had a number one record as a vocalist with This Guy's In Love With You yeah. and the number one uh, record with uh, Rise in 1979. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's that. I don't see that getting broken unless Taylor starts playing the accordion or something, and that's just not fair, you know? Uh, yeah, well, it's possible, you know? It's all possible. Have you have you gotten to talk to Taylor at all? Do you know her uh, from... No, no, I do not know her, but I do admire her. She, she's a smart lady. She, she's knows her audience, and she's, uh, you know, well-equipped to make great records. Well, you know, you did this in 1966, and, you know, I'm a music nerd, so I hear that, and that's the year the Beach Boys released Pet Sounds. The Beatles had Revolver out. I mean, did it surprise you at all to have people recognize the greatness of your music at a time when it seemed like rock was just kind of taken over? Yeah, it, it caught me off guard. You know, I was just trying to make good music. I wasn't thinking about making hit records, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know this might sound weird, but I was trying to make records that made me feel good. I, I love recording. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a card-carrying introvert. 
Mm. And I like to make music. I like to make music for myself, you know, and then if I can do that and have fun doing it, I'll, you know, put the collection together and, and put it out as an album. But I wasn't trying to desperately try to make a hit record. Well, when you have an idea, like, how does your process go? Like, do you kind of just get a melody in your head and just kind of signed it out? Or do you sit down and say, I'm going to try to write a cheerful one, or I'm going to try to write kind of a mellow one? How do you kind of get there to write these songs? I think positive uh, music just kind of comes out of me naturally. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I like that feeling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I um, I can tell you right off, you know, I first saw you and, and really became a huge fan. I used to work uh, right for Jimmy Fallon, and you have a song called Route 101, and that was a song that, like, in the office, whenever we just needed to be in a better mood, someone would just press that button and it would come on. So I certainly know that feeling of being cheered up by Herb Alpert, and we're so happy to have you back here in New England. Um, are there any clubs or venues that you loved playing when you first started coming to, like, the Boston area? Oh. Let's see. We did. We played at Scullers, but um, I hear a lot about this Jimmy's. Yeah, in your your area, and uh, I know a lot of great artists have played there. My friend Herbie Hancock has played there, and um, thinking about places like that. You know, we play at the Carlisle uh, in New York. Oh yeah. For the last six, seven years, we play there for two weeks usually, and it's. It's a nice little venue. It's, it's it's small, but it's really intimate and it has a great history. And I love playing there. They treat us really nice. And I I like being in New York for about two weeks. That's about it. That's about <laughs> all I can handle in New York. Yeah. Because I live, you know, I live on the West Coast, and sure. I'm um, like uh, I don't know. I I, I like to travel, but uh, New York is is a, is a very special energy. And I, sure. I, for two weeks, I can handle it. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, you're on tour uh, with your wife, Lonnie Hall, and you're about to celebrate a major anniversary. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, I can't even believe it myself, 50 <sighs> years in December. We've been together for about 54 years, but man, oh, man, I, I was lucky. I, I, I really married an angel, John, and uh, I got really fortunate. We met in 1966, because I auditioned with my partner, Jerry Moss, the uh, Brazil 66, Sergio Mendes, mm -hmm. and Lonnie was the lead singer. We we signed them to A&M, and then we took them, um, they ha opened the show for us on the road for about a couple months, and Lonnie and I became friends, and I produced the first few uh, Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66 records. And one thing led to another. For a year, she called me Mr. Alpert, oh. Mr. Alpert, and then all of a sudden, she was not uh, Miss. I wasn't Mr. Alpert. I was Hey, you. Know, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but, you know, we have a special relationship. She's she's fabulous. You know, I was married before, mm -hmm. and uh, unfortunately, I you know had a divorce. And yeah. uh, when uh, Lonnie spotted the place that where I was living years back when I was married. With my first wife, uh, she said, uh, that place doesn't look anything like you. And I think, oh, my goodness, she sees right through me. I didn't feel that way either, but I couldn't articulate it. Yeah. So she saw a lot of things in my life that uh, were very natural and very earthy. And it was she, she's a wonderful, wonderful human being. 
Well, are there any moments when you're out on tour? Do you have ever any husband wife moments where like you come out of your dressing room and Lonnie like looks at your shirt and says, "You're going to wear that?" Uh, no. Okay. We, we have a whole different relationship. It's all I try to pump her up, she tries to pump me up. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. It's great. That is isn't. We're having a good time. We're doing this, you know, obviously at my age my sister who was 96 says, "What why are you doing this? Why are you traveling? It doesn't take a lot of energy." And the truth of it is, it gives me energy to do it. And, and I'm not mm. doing it like it's on a, I'm on a victory tour. I'm doing it because I, this is what I love to do. Yeah. I love to play the trumpet. I love to make music. And I feel like I've been so fortunate in my life selling so many records. I can make X amount of people happy with the music. And that's what I want to do as long as I'm able to do it and have the air to blow music and through that horn. <laughs> yeah. And you have a new album, Sunny Side of the Street. Can you tell us what to expect when we give it a listen? Well, you know, I just make music that makes me feel good. I I just, uh, you know, before the, the Tijuana Brass, before the Lonely Bull and all that, I used to play weddings and parties, and I have this whole stuff, you know, logged in my head of all these songs that just, every now and then a song kind of just pops up out of nowhere. And uh, I feel like trying to record it. And that, what I try to do is, if it's a known song, it's a, it has a history of people knowing the melody, I try to do it in, in a way that isn't quite, it, you know, so it's, I, I try to find an original way to do it. So it's just, a, a, just not another recording of that old music. So uh, that's, that's always been my pursuit. I love, doing, I love trying to do that. You know, uh, you've written so much, like we talked about cheerful music over the years, and there's uh, so many that I love. I mean, mine is uh, probably Tijuana Taxi that I just, you can't not feel better when you hear it. Is there a song when fans come up and they thank you through all your music? Is there one that stands out where they say, man, this just makes me feel good all the time? Uh, well, oddly, oddly enough, it's This Guy's In Love With You, the, the song that I sing. Oh, that's great. And, uh, and, and through the years, people have come up to me and said, you know, Mr. Albert, that song, I was at my wedding and I was by got married in Hong Kong. I got married in Hawaii. I got married in you know, various parts of the world. I said, oh, that's so beautiful. Are you still married? Not to that creep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, same, same boat, man. Yeah. On this end here where it's like, we, you know, we all go for our second chances, but yeah, love is wonderful. The second time around. There you go. Mr. Alpert, this has been an honor. Thank you so much for your time. And, uh, and I hope it's a wonderful show on Sunday night. And thank you so much for coming here to Portsmouth. Oh, thanks. It will be a wonderful show. People will not be disappointed. We've been playing around 15 years now with the same group. And it's, it's an amazing the people, how they react to the music. It's a, uh, it's a good feeling. You're going to leave the theater feeling really good. Come and see us. For all things Herb Alpert, visit HerbAlpert.com. My guest this morning, star in On Your Feet. It's the touring Broadway musical about Gloria Estefan and her husband. We love this story. It's playing now through August 19th at the Agunquit Playhouse. You can get tickets at agunquitplayhouse.org. Please welcome to Reinman in the Morning, Samuel Garnica, but how do I really say it? Yes, that was correct. So, oh, I got it right. <laughs> got it. And, and Gabby Albo. Yeah! I got it. Ah, got it, got it. Celebrate it <laughs> I'm a hick from New Hampshire. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Granite State. How you have, have you a good time here in New England so far? 
Thank you. Yeah, we just survived. We're actually living in Algonquit. We just had like our tech rehearsals and our opening night, so we've been busy. Yeah. But we're so excited to get to see around. Yes. So this is the touring version of On Your Feet, mm-hmm. the musical. So so tell me what's this about? Like, because some people know like the music, but what's really the story behind this? What are we getting into with this musical? Well, I could say personally that, the, well, first of all, this is the story of Emilio and Gloria Stefan. Um, they are um, one of the most important um, uh, figures in our music and pop culture. Yeah, and of course, the story tells this the, the what, all the journey that they went through since they you know start their career. They um, start together uh, with the Miami Sound Machine, with, which was the first yeah. first project. Yeah. And how it evolved until um, the time when they had a, a crash yes. that almost cha- changed their life. Yeah. But beyond all that little line that I just told you is the story of many of the immigrants that came uh, from you know overseas or South America to make their dreams here in the United States. So it's a reflection of many of the stories that. Even if part of our, our, our of, of many of us in the cast are are living now. I'm from Venezuela. Yeah, I'm from Mexico. Yeah, I was from Mexico, wow. and we had the chance to come from our countries to make our dreams and our our careers uh, possible here in the United States. And it's part of the story that that is, is said in the this, this story in, in the show. Such an amazing story, and Gabby, you you play Gloria Estefan. I mean, that's unbelievable. What goes through your mind every night when you step out on stage on a gunquit and you're playing Gloria Estefan? It is pretty like physically demanding. Like the mm. show is two hours long, and I'm there for like an hour and fifteen nine minutes. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Yeah, it yeah. is a lot of time. So for me, it's like a really like artistic challenge in a lot of ways. But of course, it is inspiring because you're carrying a story of somebody that not just opened a path for herself, but for mm. other people behind her. So that's that's cool. Now, Gabby, where did you first start performing? Where did you come up? I'm from Mexico. Like I've always lived there before coming to Algonquin. I was there. Uh, so I trained there. I started my career there. I came and did study in New York in AMDA. Uh-huh. I okay. studied musical theater. Yeah. And I did my first national tour, but this was like 10 years ago. Unbelievable. And now like out of nowhere, like with it's a very ma- magical story. I ended up here in the United States doing the um, Spanish premiere of On Your Feet in Washington, D.C., and now the tour, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's just so unbelievable. And how, Samuel? How long have you guys known each other? Did you meet just when you started doing this production? Yes, our, our first, our, the first time we saw each other was in a Zoom call when we did the first reading, actually for that world, the world premiere of the show in mm-hmm. Spanish in Washington D.C. It was uh, last March, March last year. Now, uh, how does that work? Now, like, like I know a little bit about like from the film and TV side, but for like. A musical, how does it work when everyone's trying out, auditioning and casting and meeting for chemistry and things like that? Oh, it was, it is beautiful. Like, it is actually, it makes it for us easier to like reach other productions, to reach like to be available for more jobs. But this specific one was because I'm not from the States. Like, we yeah. had to do it through Zoom. And, um, oh, you had, you did it through Zoom? Yeah. Like, our wow. first reading, we had like a couple of people, a girl, the the one that plays mom, Fran Tapia, like, she's yeah. from Chile and lives in Washington. Like, we have people from every, we have like 10 nationalities in this, in, in the, this the uh, show. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. People, people from, I guess all the countries from Mexico to to Argentina, Venezuela, Cuba, Colombia, Venezuela. Cuba, like yeah, all all of countries. Which which is which makes for us and as an artist, 
I guess it brings to the, the, our message to a new level because this cast is so diverse and international mm-hmm. that uh, we we are blessed to have a representation at least of one of us from each country. Okay, mm-hmm. now Samuel uh, and you, you guys were talking about Zoom, and this is a musical. Did people have to sing? On Zoom? Was that oh, part yeah. of it? Yeah, well, oh now, now, nowadays there are ways that you can do some, you know, arrangements and settings in the in the. Oh, really? Calls. Yeah, yeah. Can I get a, I remember rehearsing, <laughs> con, like reading conga for the first time through Zoom, but they were trying to do the courses, but of course there's a delay, so we're like, come on, chica, come on, chica, but conga, come on. It, was, it was a whole mess. And then you play it backwards and it says Paul McCartney's dead. It's a whole thing. What? Everyone gets oh confused. My God, I, yeah. I didn't know that. that. No. It says something about the devil. I don't know. It's weird. Oh. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah. You got to stay off Zoom. It's in person now. So, how have the shows been going in Maine? How have, how have the audiences in Maine been so far? Amazing, amazing. I mean, the opening night. I, I I have amazing memories about that night. And I mean, I guess everything was just there. Audience was so engaged so. with the story and with the numbers and. And it was just just fantastic. Yeah, we've night. toured for over seventy cities already with this yeah. show, and Algonquin mm-hmm. was amazing. Night like yeah. for real to remember, like opening night, that audience they mm. laughed, clapped in places that they've never done before. Really? Oh, like, isn't that the people best? People were stood up <laughs> yeah. to dance with us. Like it was crazy. It was. Yeah, um, unforgettable. Really really I, I come from a stand-up background, so I'm the same thing. Is that like you know you you would try out your stand-up set before you did it on TV, and you know you're bombing. You're going on like 10 o'clock, 11 <laughs> o'clock, New York City, and then you do your setups on TV, and the setup gets like a laugh, and you're like, oh my god, like this is real life. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some questions uh, because. I'm one of those people. Like I, I like going to the theater. I like musicals. I have a six-year-old daughter who mm. loves uh, and uh, loves this stuff. But I just, I always feel out of place. So I want to ask you some questions on just how, how, how to deal with it. How you would respond? Uh, what is the proper etiquette? Say you're sitting in the front row mm-hmm. and you're with a child, and the child says, "Daddy, I have to use the restroom." What's the best way to handle that as an audience member? When in in a, in a play, you mean? Yeah, like like like, how would you prefer we behave if we have to get up and leave in the middle of the performance? I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's, I guess we are used to we are used to do that, and it's part of our training. Sometimes we are, I guess, the last show that we had or two days ago. People was like coughing in the first row, <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> but, love, but oh, like, really? out loud. So yeah. we have to, we have to be used. I mean, we are used to 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 ha- to handle those things. It's not easy at all, right? But of course, if you have to, you know, take your your kid to the yeah. to the bathroom, just, just yeah. Go even no, we've had like. Sorry, sorry. No, and we've had, like, that's the least. Like, we've had, like, emergency, like, um, <sighs> medical emergency. Oh, wow. So, like, the show stops and, like, you have to be, like, there and exit the stage. And Wow. Once, once, I remember, I remember in someone in the in one of the balconies. Yeah. And mm. I, I guess she throw, threw up. Threw up. In the middle of a show, we have to stop the show and we have to, you know, yeah. make a pause, take care of that issue and then. Yeah. And then gotcha. move forward. Or we've and had people like, I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, really? That happened to me. <laughs> that happened first, actually to me. They and can't the, hear the, the sound machine? One of, <laughs> in the very last scene, which is one of more, more one of the most intense in the show, something happened with my mic, <gasps> which is natural in this. Oh. I mean, I, if you're it's new, like if you're new <laughs> coming to theater, you don't know these things. Oh, my gosh. But issues happen. So yeah. something happened with my mic in the middle of the scene, and that person started screaming, I can't hear you. 
You better, you better talk louder. So go to the bathroom. That's fine. So you can take your kids to the bathroom. It's okay. We're fine. Okay. Uh, good to know. Um, how about this? Uh, uh, candy. When people unwrap candy, does that mm. drive you? Do you ever hear that? Because that's something I've heard from people. That they'll oh, yeah. Like when they're getting out. Is there any kind of food or thing that you go, no, do, just... do you know? Do you know what is worse um, if, yeah. as us audience? No, I mean, if when, you, when you go to a show uh-huh. and you have your, your the person next to you singing the song out loud. Uh-huh. Oh, even okay. louder than the stand actor. Oh, listen, I'm coming to see this person performing. Not right. you performing. Thank you for your for your show. Oh, so they're singing along. Yeah, like, come ah, da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah. But in this show, I actually, as a performer, I uh-huh. enjoy if people are singing. Oh, okay, of good. Course, yes. I guess yeah. it's a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But now that you mentioned that whenever I'm an audience member, I'm like, I want to open a candy. Oh, and I'm like, be. this. But no, I've never <laughs> heard anything on stage. No. If I'm anybody's a, opening anything. I'm a smack. I'm a loud chewer. <laughs> yeah, and I, I never make. We've talked about this. Uh, that I, I get, whenever I have like a milk duds or junior, I'm like, ah. and, everyone, and I'm just like, oh, and then just like, I, I, yeah. Um, let me. Okay, so this is the one that that people always talk about. Okay, cell phones going off. It's 2023. Oh, yes. I know. Do we still have people not silencing their phones in 2023? You know? Of course not. Oh no, people. People. Why? I guess people has their own uh, alarms for their medicine in the middle of a show. I think people just have. I I, I heard the the, the alarm <laughs> like ringing in the middle of a show. That should be for a medicine, whatever, <laughs> and they forgot to turn it off. No, but also people think that they are hiding their phones to like record parts of the show. Oh And no. I don't know if they can like if they know that their phones reflect with the lights, and so we see that they're trying to hide their phone. Actually, so that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you're at the movies and someone like does that happen where you just someone's sitting in front of you and every time they check their phone, uh, yes. everything lights up. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like they're telling you a scary story. Yeah, well, but phones are, are other elements that we have yeah. to you know. Just silence your phones, man. Just put it on vibrate, right? Is that mm-hmm. cool? At least. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's you know, it's 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 Emilio and Gloria Estevan. You, you got to vibrate a little bit to yes. the music, dude. Put it on vibrate, <laughs> man. <laughs> Uh, it is now through August 19th at the Agunquit Playhouse. You can get tickets at agunquitplayhouse.org. Is there anything I forgot to mention, Samuel or Gabby? Um, no, come see. Like, a lot of people think that there is just like conga and dancing to it and like a jukebox musical, and it's way more than that. I can assure you that you're going to be going out, yes, happy, yes, dancing, but deeply touched as well. Yeah, and, it's, and, and um, I guess we have talked about this. We for, we feel very um, grateful and blessed to be here. I never thought me as a kid performing in Maine doing the show, yeah. so I feel very um, grateful to be able to bring our stories yep. as an immigrant, but also to absorb what, what what's Maine, what's Ogunquit, what's the city, and, of course, this exchange of culture is what make us happy as an artist. So mm-hmm. please come, join us, and enjoy the show on your feet. We're so happy to have you, and uh, I'm going to take my daughter, and I'll, I'll let you guys yeah. know when I'm coming. I can't Are wait. Are you going to tell me, hey, I'm bringing my, my kids to the bathroom. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're going to sit right in the front row, and I'm going to bring a whole bunch of hard candy. I'm and you sorry, guys are gonna, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Hey, guys, how you doing? Speak louder. Uh, <laughs> for tickets and more, visit agunquitplayhouse.org.